Hey, this is Tom Atona, Bullet Club original, OG, triple, triple, O freaking G, New Japan pro wrestling athlete, and you're listening to Wrestle In. Hey, y'all, welcome to the Flight of Five, a podcast where myself and a guest take on our top fives in wrestling. I am your host, lukewarm stuff, Ryan Dilbert. I'm joined for the second time by our Wrestle In columnist, the founder of Monster Box Cards, and a man who knows his ring of honor. How are you, Adam? I'm good, Ryan. Thank you. I'm coming to you today from an undisclosed location that is very, very cold. Oh, yeah. You showed us a a picture of yourself or of your front lawn that's like a blanket of snow. Yeah. I got not envious. Yeah, there was a huge winter storm that came through and dumped about three to four inches of snow. Looked more impressive than it actually was, but Pretty sure I pulled a muscle on my back shoveling snow the other day. So oh my god, that was that was fun. Yeah, in Houston it got down to um, like twenty one degrees Fahrenheit, and people were flipping out and like trying to prepare. Like we just we can't handle that down here. It got to like negative five last night. So oh my god. <laughs> okay, I, I would I would just see I would hate to see what happens in Houston if it ever got down to negative five. I think it would, they would just cancel the city, just start over, <laughs> guys. Uh, so when it gets that cold, what's your go-to good comfort food? What do you, what do you eat? Uh, man, so much stuff. Chili is always a good comfort mm. food, um, mainly because you know I'm in the Cincinnati area. Cincinnati's famous for their their chili spaghetti, so uh, which is definitely an acquired taste if you're not used to it. Um, and it's not like your regular chili. It's more like a soup chili, and they put okay. it on top of sp- top, put on top of spaghetti noodles and top it with cheddar cheese. So, it's a it's a thing. It sounds it's, hearty, and it sounds like it'll do the yeah, trick. Yeah, it's that, and then you know, um, hot tea is always good. Coffee, hot chocolate, things like that. That sounds quite nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love like cold soda, and it's like not the right time for that right now just it feels odd yeah um so today we're actually talking about wrestling comfort food so today's topic is shows and matches and wrestlers we turn to again and again much like you do like a nice bowl of mac and cheese um as usual we haven't seen each other's lists we're going in blind um i don't anticipate a lot of overlap just because we have different styles um but adam how did you build your list what was your approach uh basically you know i thought my i thought about matches and stuff that i always go matches and segments and shows i always like to go back and watch no matter how many times i've seen them um i could have seen you know something a thousand times and just be like okay hey this is just something i'm gonna put over background noise Mm -hmm. or something i just need to you know i I really enjoy watching you know it could be a whole show it could be just a match could be a particular segment so um you know my list kind of runs the gamut Mm. Yeah, um, I, as I was going through, I just kind of realized that it's like certain feelings, matches mm-hmm. or shows that give me a certain feeling. They're not necessarily the best or the most right. like, greatly executed. It's just, it's a guttural feeling or it takes me back to a certain place. That's exactly. generally what I did here. Give me honorable mentions on before we get on the yeah, actual I've list. Got- I've got three, um, and they're they're all three of them are you know events. Uh, first one is ECW Heatwave 2000. 
um, mainly because that's the only ECW pay-per-view I ever ordered mm. uh, as a kid. So, and I have, you know, good memories of, you know, buddy of mine coming over us, us hanging out and watching it. So um, it wasn't the best ECW pay-per-view, but it was, it was fun to just hang out with a friend and watch it. And Does it have Bam Bam? No, this is Heat Wave, Heat Wave 2000. This is um, RVD versus Scotty Anton. Okay. Um, let's see what else is on that show. Jerry Lynn versus Steve Carino. Um, and then Tommy Dreamer versus Justin Credible. So right at the end of ECW. But it was it was uh, fun. Oh, towards the later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, another one is Bash at the Beach 97 from WCW. Mainly for the reasons that we, I think we talked about last time. That Lucha match. Um, and it's just... It, it's just a super stacked show and it just if i mean the historical impact of that change is depending on where they go from does. here it does yes but you know whether or not it changes anything i still i i think it was a pretty fun show it had two or three really really good matches on there um including briscoe's against taven and bennett which i think won the roh match of the year um and I think you see what else was on there. Dragon Lee and Dalton Castle was pretty good. Mm. And then main event between Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham was also really, really good. It definitely got a lot more buzz on on at least my circle of the internet than most Ring of Honor shows. There was an excitement and, and an optimism, I think. Right. Uh, I think so too. What were yours, if you had any? Well, I just lumped them together. I just said Kurt Angle matches. That's always like a good Kurt thing. Angle versus um, Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania, Samoa Joe at Lockdown, TNA, mm-hmm. and um, any of his matches with Eddie Guerrero. Eddie, I mean, uh, Kurt was so smooth and crisp, and it's just beautiful to watch. It's like going to an art gallery and just sitting back and looking at all the uh, impressionists or something. He's so perfect ring-wise. I could just yeah. turn on any any old match with his, and it just feels it feels real good, warm warm in the heart. So, I, speaking of Kurt Angle, I'm going back right now watching all the 2010 TNA pay per views. Mm. Why I don't know. Like, <laughs> just um, a project, saying, okay? Yeah, I just never see most of them, and it's just like that Hogan era is just so sort of Hogan Bischoff era in TNA is just so interesting. And right now, it's it's I'm on. I just finished against. I just finished uh, Destination X 2010 and Kurt Angle's doing a feud with Mr. Anderson and it's leading into this cage match you're doing at Lockdown 2010, which I heard is one of Angle's best matches and Anderson's best matches. So, oh yeah, I'm that was quite to watch good. That. Yeah. Was it? And it's okay. got some crazy, some crazy spots. So okay, I'm well, looking I'm forward definitely... to what you, what you say about that. Yeah. I'm looking forward to watching that. Um, but yeah, it's, and then I, I think I've seen a few other Kurt Angle things from 2010. I think he started like a, in a couple matches with Kazarian, I think too, in that, that time frame. So I'm looking forward to checking all that out and okay. awesome. seeing if it holds uh, up. Okay. Let's get into the list proper then. What is your number five, Adam? Uh, my number five, and it kind of ties in um, to something later on in the list, but I won't spoil which position okay. it, it's in, uh, is the 1992 Royal Rumble match. That is probably my favorite uh, Royal Rumble match of all time. I think if you look on the socials, I think a lot of people will agree with that statement. Um, it's got tons of Hall of Famers in it. Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, Sergeant Slaughter, 
uh, Undertaker. I mean, you name it, pretty much every top star in the company was in that match at the time. And it was for the vacant WWF title. Uh, and then Flair's, Flair came at number three, and he just, it was a star making, it pretty much made him in the WWF. That match. Oh, and then Bobby, Bobby Heenan on commentary throughout the whole thing is just fantastic. And him, him rooting for Flair while bouncing off Gorilla, it's just, yeah. it's just so entertaining. And then you get that um, classic promo at the end, too, with a tear in yeah. my eye. Yeah, and then Mean Gene telling saying, put that cigarette out to somebody off camera, which is just ridiculous. Uh, that's a good good idea there, because, I mean, the Royal Rumble in general is sort of wrestling comfort food, because mm-hmm. it's almost, I mean, not so much recently, but it's almost always reliably good, even if you don't like who wins, even if you don't like some of the direction, like the format of it is is almost it's like it's so exciting and and there's surprises and so many stars right and then like you said 92 it's the best one yeah and it's and if there's other ones that could you know that are up there too in terms of how good they are um i think what was it 98 is always a fun one to watch just for me because it's got the three faces of holy coming in at different points of the Mm -hmm. match um Let's see what's another fun one. 2000 has kind of gotten better um, as the years go on. I didn't like it at first, but it's, it's gotten a little bit better. And the 2001 match is just all kinds of chaos with Kane choke slamming Honky Tonk Man and Austin just coming in and destroying everyone. And I mean, there's so many memorable moments from each each Rumble match. Um, but I think 92, 92 definitely holds up there. It's one that's really fondly looked back on today. And honestly, that whole show is kind of fun. Um, the opening match of that show is um, Owen Hart and Jim Neidhart against the Orient Express. And that is, I think that's a really, really, really underrated match. So it's a match I definitely recommend. If anybody hasn't seen that match in a while, go back and watch it. It's just yeah. 20 minutes of 20 minutes of craziness. Well, that's, you know, great start to the list there. Um, yeah. I, I went kind of an odd direction for five and chose a YouTube channel, mm-hmm. a YouTube channel called Joshi and Hip Hop. It's, mm. it's exactly what it sounds like, uh, but there's clips and highlights of different Joshi wrestlers paired with um, like a rap song or hip hop song. So there's a Slim Thug with Saki Kashima, West Side Connection with Arisa Nakajima. Uh, the Miyu Yamashita one's really good too. And it's like, sometimes you don't, you know, I just want to sit down and watch like three minutes of wrestling, not three hours. Right. Um, so that's like a perfect little, just a little something. And then, you know, there's a cool juxtaposition with like, especially like the gangster rap style. And then these Joshi women in their like superhero style outfits. It just feels good. I, I just go back to that a lot and just pop that in. Sounds pretty interesting, actually. Um, I might have to look. I might have to look that up. And it might be a good introduction if you, you know, don't know a lot of those names because they go from Stardom, Tokyo Joji, Ice Ribbon, you know, some some of the lesser name, names as well. Yeah, I've 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 watched some Stardom this year, so and and also the stuff that I've watched with like you and Trent mm-hmm. uh, on occasion. So uh, I kind of enjoy it. So I'll have to go back and definitely look that up. 
might be okay, a good excellent. introduction for for Joshi to me. Yeah, I think so. Just a little, just clips and see who who appeals to you and go from there. Mm-hmm. For sure. So we went rumble for your five. Who who or what is your four? So number four is is a strange one. Um, so it's the Chamber of Horrors match from Halloween Havoc '91. <laughs> yes, mm. it's the yes, it's not, it's not a good match. It <laughs> yes, it was only done once, but just the ridiculousness of it and the complete insanity of having to strap someone to an electric chair and pull the lever in order to secure the win for your team is just beyond bizarre. Plus there's ghouls that show up on ring at ringside to carry away said victim. Cactus Jack comes out with a chainsaw. Um, Abdullah the Butcher's in the match. There's coffins all around ringside with random people, masked dudes in there. It's just complete and utter insanity. <laughs> and then you yeah, have I JR. Mean- JR and Tony Schiavone are on commentary trying to sell it like it's you know something serious, but it's just beyond ridiculous. It's definitely and memorable. It is. You can't forget I, that. No, you can't. And I think it's like the only thing that's remembered from that show. Um, but I, I because I love everything related, you know, lots of stuff related with Halloween. To me, that's like the perfect embodiment of like wrestling and Halloween together. Where did you watch that? When it came out, I don't know how old you are, but like, did no. you watch it after the fact? I kind of watched it after the fact several years later. Um, so I'd read about it on initially on WrestleCrap, if you remember that site. Um, and then they did like a huge write up on it saying, you know, this was like the worst thing ever. And then somehow, some way, I got the tape of Halloween Havoc 91. I don't remember which, you know, if I bought it from eBay, if I bought it from someone online, I don't remember. Um, but that match was on it. And I watched it. I was like, okay, this isn't as bad as everyone made it out to be. I think it's kind of fun. I think it's, you know, fun, goofy, you know, has everything Mm -hmm. to do with, you know, it kind of embodies Halloween. So I was like, yeah, this is fun. I don't mind it. I think it's something everyone should see at least once just to see how bizarre and zany it is. Yeah. I just, I, I'm, I'm guilty of this too, but I think sometimes people see something that's, bizarre and zany like you say and then say well that's not wrestling that's not good wrestling right and good wrestling wrestling could be anything including electric chairs (laughs) right and if you watch that match there's so many different like little mishaps during that match too so there's at one point where you can see like cactus jack climbing the side of the cage because the lever has fallen down onto the on position and he's trying to climb the cage and push it back up to the off position so it's in the right position for when he goes to the, when he's, you know, when he needs mm. to pull the lever or whoever needs to pull the lever to electrocute the, the victim from the opposing team. And <laughs> if you look at the lineup for that match too, it's really interesting. So on one team, you've got the Steiners, Sting, and Elegante, or El Gigante, however you want to say it, um, aka Giant Gonzalez. And then the other team is. Cactus Jack, Abdullah the Butcher, um, Diamond Stud, which is Scott Hall and Razor, you know, aka Razor Ramon. And I think it was, it was originally supposed to be Oz, so Kevin Nash, but I can't remember who the fourth person was. No. I'll, I'll ask the internet. Yeah. As you reminisce. But yeah, anyway. Because so I don't remember 
I remember Abdullah the butcher sitting in the electric chair um, it, really clearly. Yeah, that's that's. I watched it as a kid, and I haven't I haven't gone back to it. And that's the gif that everybody sees online from it, just that ridiculous and the, the craziness of the craziness of Abdullah the butcher sitting in that chair. Okay, um, so Sting El Gigante and the Steiners versus Abdullah the Butcher, Diamond Stud, yeah, Actress Jack, and Big Van Vader. Vader, that's the other one. How could I forget Vader? Yeah, luckily he's not around to to be mad at you. Yeah, no, right? I'd be scared if see Vader walking down the street. <laughs> you forgot me in the Chamber of Horrors match. Well, yeah. I mean, he probably wants you to forget that match, so. He probably does, yes. Okay, Um. I, again, I cheated. I didn't do a show. I kept going different directions. Just was like, what do I go to again and again? For So for my number four, I realized I go to Eddie Kingston promos. I just pull up Ooh, yeah. promos of his. Um, the NWA one where he, where he talks about um, homicide and talks about sort of some dark stuff in his personal life is really good. The AEW debut is is really great. But I think my favorite is there's an AAW one where he's he's talking about Jake something. They're about to have a match. And it's so real and guttural and like, nasty and he's like i you know i stabbed a kid in uh, in, in high school with a pencil are you ready for something like that jake something can i can you go there and i'm like i, I get kind of unnerved every time even though i know what he's gonna say and he's not fighting me but I, i'm like oh my god eddie please <laughs> please forgive me um uh, it just it just hits me every time and it feels like sort of i don't want to say shakespearean but it's a it's like a theater monologue in his own unique style right and that's the thing with eddie kingston he's just so real like he doesn't like every you believe every single word he says mm -hmm. and i've you know i've seen him uh dating back to like i want to say it's like been like 07 08 when he was i think he was in czw then so i remember him from czw in like 2008 2009 uh 2010 roh so um and, and he was just as real then as he is now. And he's gotten, he's gotten even better, I think. Yeah, it's, a lot, it's really, you know, the same style and the same approach. He's just sharpened his game over time. And now yeah. it's, on a, it's on a bigger stage and more people can hear and see him. Yeah, and he's been involved with so many different places too. So the fact that he's, he's wrestled and he's, you know, so many different outfits like CZW, ROH, Shakara. He's, you know, TNA. Uh, there was even this project I remember he was involved with called the UWF. Uh, not the Herb Abrams one. Um, this was something called, I think it was like Urban Wrestling Federation. Have you ever heard of that? Um, no. It was pretty much like a three or four show pay-per-view series, but the first one I, I saw the first one. It was really fun, really wild and wacky. It was from the Hammerstein or it was from the Manhattan, the Hammerstein Ballroom rather. Um, and then the the next few were just were eh, uh, but the first one was really really fun with like just some wild action. It involved like hip hop. It was like hip hop meets wrestling, basically East versus West. That sounds like Eddie Kingston's um, wheelhouse right there. Yeah, there's. I'll have to send you the link. Um, 
Wrestling with Regret did a review about it. Um, talk, did a feature video on the UWF. So I'll have to send you the link if that's something you'd be interested in, in checking out. Yeah, more ready the better. Um, and I imagine uh, some great promos in there as usual. Yeah, so for sure. Check it. Okay, let's head to your number three. Did you do another early 90s show? Um, no, actually. So this kind of feeds off my, my last entry, Halloween. Uh, but it does, okay. you know, it's not Halloween Havoc, but it does have to do with Halloween. So it's the Roddy Piper's Halloween skit from the November 85 Saturday night's main event. And I know that's just like a completely probably random thing. But, <laughs> yeah. but again, you know, it goes back to like my love of wrestling and Halloween. So that whole show is just like, it's like a trick or treat, trick or treat Halloween themed Saturday night's main events. The only one they ever did. The, the matches on that show are entirely forgettable. Um, but it, for me, that, that show is made by like the backstage skits, the, the trick or treat stuff. And then this absolutely in, insane Roddy Piper, um, who's talking a hundred miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, hosting trick-or-treat at this giant mansion and Vince McMahon is there interviewing him as he prepares tricks for the trick-or-treaters so he wraps uh, bowling balls as candy apples he wraps up bricks as chocolate bars um and then when the trick-or-treaters come to the door he calls Vince McMahon his butler uh and then the trick then he tries to stuff like a giant bowling ball candy apple to the trick-or-treaters bags and the bag busts open candy falls everywhere and then, then he steals all their candy and he tries to eat a chocolate and it's turns out it's like a uh, chocolate dipped uh, hot pepper. So they got it. Oh my so, God. so they, they tricked him and they just hear him screaming, you know, scream super loud because it's, he's, he's not ready for the hot pepper. It's, it's, it's only like two or three minutes long, but it, they pack a lot in there and it's just completely crazy. Man. It's a reminder how dumb wrestling is sometimes. When you're it is. Having to explain that to a non-fan. Well, then, this guy wraps up candy. It makes, I can see it. I can envision this perfectly. But to an outsider, imagine, imagine if that's the first thing they see as, as true and wrestling. The, be like, the what other, is this? Right. And the other thing that makes that so good is like the whole, the whole kitchen and the whole like open foyer area are all completely decked out for Halloween. There's like, trick-or-treat banners there's giant ghouls and decorations and monsters everywhere it's 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 wild okay yeah usually i come away with this with um these episodes with matches i want to watch put on my watch list now it's like odd halloween sketch i need to add to the, to the <laughs> list and, and anything with the roddy piper in it from that yeah. era like mid to late 80s is going to be gold yeah i mean one of the best characters and most charismatic guys yeah it, so he could pull that off i could, I could yeah see that. if you look if you look it up it's on the um you know it's on peacock it's on the wwe network uh it's towards like the end of the show okay so of that particular episode i want to say i couldn't tell you an exact timestamp, but i know it's like more towards the end of the show definitely worth taking a peek yeah um i went with a match for my number three for the first time here and Sasha Banks versus Bailey, NXT Brooklyn. Um, it is, you know, at the time I was working for Bleacher Report and I was, you know, having to cover every single WWE thing. So I was like really following both women's journey 
And I had this feeling before that match, I was like, this is going to be something special. They're going to just kill it. I could just, the momentum was going and they exceeded all my expectations. The story, the spectacle, the emotion is, is awesome. And it's one of my favorite matches ever. Um, Yeah. Well, as a run-in, my wife's coming in briefly. Um, Luckily she doesn't have a steel chair or anything. Um, But but, you know, it's one of those matches I go watch it again and again and relive those little moments when when Sasha leaps out to the outside, when she steps on Bailey's hand. And it's like when NXT was at its peak, that that I just loved that era. And mm-hmm. I love those women in that match all around. Yeah, that that's a really, really, really good match. And I haven't seen it, honestly, since it aired. Mm. So that's a match I really, I've been wanting to go back and watch. So I'm just like definitely going to go back and do that here soon. Um, but yeah, I actually watched the Sasha Banks um, Stone Cold sessions or whatever, you, whatever it's Broken Skull sessions. Mm-hmm. And they talk a lot about that match and they talk, they talk a lot about it during the Bailey one too. And it's just one of those matches that I think is just going to be remembered um, for what it did for NXT, what it did for you know, women's wrestling in the WWE, because before then it was mostly like divas and all this other sort of thing. Um, but that match, I think, definitely changed the tide for a lot of things. Not only in WWE, but I think outside of WWE as well. Yeah, that I, I think as you watch it, that's part of it. You know, this is part of a, like a powerful movement. I mean, I know it's something that WWE co-opted and they put they acted like Stephanie McMahon was the creator of women's wrestling and all that stuff. But yeah, it really was. They got really talented women and then they started to showcase them like real wrestlers. And this was like, look, this is what we can do in this big spot. And they came and through it, so well. And didn't Sasha come out in like a, um, like an Escalade or she came out carried to the ring. She had like special entrance for that match too. Didn't she? Yeah. There's like an Escalade and, um, Trying to remember, I think there were a bunch of like hot dudes and sunglasses and, and stuff. I can't remember if it's that one or if it's the the Iron Man. I watch I watch both of those pretty regularly, but they're blending together right now. And I love yeah. too that it's it's 18 minutes. You know, so many great matches are like 30, 45 more epics. But sometimes just tell your story and get out. And um, they did they did that. Exactly. And it's, and you can pack a lot into 18 minutes and that, and from what I remember that match packed a ton into 18 minutes. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, the biggest thing that I always remember from that match is the big hurricane Rana spot off the top rope. Yeah. Big yeah. spot off the top rope. Crowd went nuts too. Yeah. And I, I remember just watching that and being just, I think I just jumped up out of my, jumped up off my couch when I saw it. I was like, wow, that was insane. <laughs> And I yeah, and I felt sure. really bad. I felt really bad for the main event for that show having to follow that because those those two girls just absolutely killed it. Yeah, it was good. It was a good match. Finn Balor, Balor versus um, Kevin Owens in the ladder match, but like people kind of forget about it and don't talk about that one because they they sold the show. So let's go then to two for you. So I I went with a match for my number two. Okay. Um, and it's Mike Awesome versus Masato Tanaka from ECW November to Remember 99. 
And so the first time I ever saw that match, it was on the. So you remember those tapes that ECW had and like the, like the mall, like those commercial tapes that had like Extreme Evolution and those oh, best yeah. of tapes. Okay, so I got one of those tapes for my birth. I got the Extreme Evolution tape for my birthday one year, and and I put it on. I watched it and I was like, okay. So I saw the RVD Jerry Lynn match that was on there. It's like, okay, yeah, that was good. And then the next match on the tape was Mike Awesome versus Masato Tanaka from November to Remember '99, and. I, as I watched that match, I was just thinking, it's like, this is the most, this is one of the most violent matches I've ever seen in my life. Not that there's a lot of blood in it, but it's the fact that these two guys go in there for like 13 or 14 minutes and just beat the hell out of each other. Yeah. Uh, they break so many tables. There's so many dangerous, you know, spots in that match so many hard chair shots it, it's it's hard to watch kind of going back now knowing like about all of, like the brain damage and concussions and everything like that knowing not what we know now in terms of that sort of thing but uh that match is just it's exceedingly violent but and, and i think it's one of the best matches that they ever had together in ecw i can't speak just for saying a lot because they and had I, a lot of those and it would, right and it would, I, Great rivalry all, all around. Right. And I can't speak for their FMW stuff because I haven't seen a lot of it, um, but I did bookmark some of it on YouTube so go back and watch later. Um, the really close runner-up to this match is their match from Heat Wave 98, uh, which was in Dayton, Ohio, uh, not too far up the road for me. Okay. Um, but unfortunately, I wasn't at that show. But, you know, that match was really good too. But I think this match, of all the matches they had – together in ecw singles tag or otherwise i think this match is probably the peak of the awesome tanaka rivalry and then you also get the that special energy of ecw the crowd yeah. and the vibe even like yeah. the kind of the okay low rate matches like felt so big because of that vibe and that that energy right and it, to top it off it was it was a I remember it was in Buffalo, New York. That show was, so I went back and looked up the whole show later on. The show was in Buffalo, New York, which I soon found out was one of ECW's hotbeds. Um, and that crowd, I think, was just completely, that crowd was just insane for that match. And that wasn't the main event of the show either. I think the main event was, the main event was some six-man tag um, featuring the return of the Sandman, I think. Uh, but I think Awesome Tanaka was on right before it. But I don't think anything, nothing on that show can hold a candle. How good that match was. Yeah, I mean, like, like you're not, you can't remember the main event, so that's exactly that says a lot. I honestly can't remember the whole card. Mm. Okay, um, I went to early '90s Japan for my number two, and the Big Egg Wrestle Wrestle Show um, in 1994. There oh, was this, this massive tournament, and it's like all the great, all Japan women's stars competing, and it's not a show you can watch in its entirety. Like it's right away because it's so many hours, but the, the the back half, the last few matches, there's like classic after classic. So you have um, Combat Toyota versus Yumiko Huto, which I I love, Aja Kong versus Dynamite. Kansai, Manami Toyota versus Aja Kong, which I think is 
is the most famous of those matches. It was um, a five-star match. And to me, one of the best, like David versus Goliath. Uh, Aja Kong, like, just big and powerful mm -hmm. against the fearless warrior of, of Toyota. And that, that match in particular was like my gateway to Joshi. I was like going, wandering around the internet and saw those two go at it and was just blown away. So I was like, okay, let me check out the rest of the card. Mm -hmm. And it's just stacked. Great, 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 great match all over the place. And then I'm like, okay, now I want to find out about all of these wrestlers. So it was like a door opening to another world. So I, I think that the memory of discovering this new thing, new to me, is what takes me back to that show and, and back to that, mm. um, that match in particular. So correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that show like eight hours long? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a massive tournament all, all at once. Um, that's why I'm saying like you you can't sit down and just watch it. Like, I right. mean, you, you know, maybe, maybe if you have uh, all your food in a uh, in a bathroom close by, maybe. But like, <laughs> you don't want to do that. Like, you, yeah, you it's, take it in pieces. Yeah, like two hours. Like each piece hour, is amazing. Hour two block here. Hour two block there. Yeah. Like it's um, a marathon for sure. And I one thing I don't I've never seen that whole show. Um, one thing I do remember from that show, and again, correct me if I'm wrong on this because I'm not, I can, you know, I'm not an expert on Japanese wrestling or, or Joshi, but wasn't the WWF Women's Title defended on that show? Wasn't there like a Lundra Blaze against Bull Nakano or something like that? Wasn't there a title change? Um, a Blaze was on it. Let me pull it up. I remember she was called Medusa at the time. Because I remember here, yeah, I, I remember at the time, because I think she was the WWF Women's Champion. Um, and I remember there being a title switch in Japan. I don't remember if it was on that show or not. I, I, I have Look, these little, so many matches. <laughs> I know I have these little random obscure facts like that bouncing around in my head whenever somebody says like something you know you mentioned the big egg I'm like oh wait wasn't that the wasn't that a wasn't there a WWF title match on that show or what that was the oh was you're absolutely right show. okay that's one that I I don't go back to I go back to the other ones yeah Bull Nakano <laughs> beat Alundra Blaze was it, did she was that a title change yeah. Okay. So, you know, when you go to cage match, it tells you the average rating on each mm -hmm. one. Um, so it's like 8.8, 7.6, 9.5. And then that match is like, there's no rating. Like, not enough people have put <laughs> in a rating. So um, this is why I didn't. It was I vaguely good. remembered it, but I don't, I don't remember that being a special one. I remember, I wonder if that ever showed up, if they ever mentioned that on WWF TV when that happened. Now I'm curious. Now, yeah. I'm, gonna, now I'm gonna have to go digging. Okay. Thanks. I gave, you, I gave you some homework. That you did, yes. Okay, we've gone this far without overlap. Mm -hmm. uh, well, actually, that's a lie. When you see my number one, you will, you will see we, we did share something, but... Uh, I was, so, was going to take a guess at your number one, but there's no way I'm getting it. I'm, so, why, why am I trying? Okay, 
so as I mentioned, well, yeah, my picks have been kind of all over the board here. Um, so as I mentioned, my number one has something to do with my number five. So it was my hint that gave earlier. So my number one uh, wrestling comfort food is, and it's a show, it's WrestleMania 8. Just because that show, to me, there's something special about that show. And I'm, I'm planning on doing a, like a whole giant write-up about that show for, mm. for the website at some point. Um, hopefully I can have it up for Mania season. Um, but there, there's several different things about that show that just make it special. First is Vince just absolutely going crazy on the voiceover intro. Um, I think it's the last one he ever did for a main. Mm. The first three matches are basically they're like the top stars of the 80s versus the top stars of the 90s versus up and coming top stars of the 90s. Uh, and it, they're, it's pretty much like you can see the shift from the 80s to the 90s in those three matches. Uh, and it's got an epic Randy Savage Ric Flair world title match on it. It's the it's the last stadium WrestleMania they did until WrestleMania 17, I want to say. The it has the return of the ultimate warrior at the end of it, the, the giant surprise return. But it, it's also shows it's very it's top heavy. So it's very front loaded. So you can watch the first four matches, first sorry, first five matches. And be like, okay, this was a really good show, but the back half is kind of meh um, until you get to like, you know, the main event, the Hogan War Hogan versus Sid, which again, not a good match. It's mainly remembered for Warrior coming in at the end. Um, and then also you've got this huge giant stadium crowd, like 60,000 people there mm -hmm. just going absolutely nuts the whole show. And Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon, they are at their absolute peak on that show too. So they're just bouncing off each other um for the whole three hours you know yeah heenan's zipping one-liners in there monsoon's trying to catch him it's just it's and then he'll come in and then he'll he'll zip a one-liner in but then like at the end of the Shawn michaels match Shawn michaels is leaving the ring and you see this shot of Shawn, like i don't know how to explain i'm not the camera i don't know like camera shots or anything but you see like the camera pointing up and sh shooting up at Shawn michaels and you see the giant you know dome ceiling above him and you hear Bobby Heenan say this man is the star of the 90s yeah so. I hadn't thought of it that way because you're right like Shawn Michaels beats Tito Santana Undertaker yeah. beats Jake Roberts Bret Hart beats Roddy Piper again so it is the changing of the guard and yeah. that is just changing of the guard thank you that's kind of what I was looking for um, and that Bret Hart Roddy Piper match is so good too I think it's one of Roddy Piper's best matches yeah I'm looking back I I like a lot of these even the um Shawn Michaels versus Tito match, which is not one of Shawn Michaels' most famous ones. That's a solid opener. Like that's nice. It is. It's um, that's it is really really good. For like you said, and, Bret Hart versus Roddy Piper, quite good there. I don't remember. It's like an eight man with Big Boss Man and Nasty Boys. Yeah. I don't remember this at all. It, there's not much to remember from it, oh. honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that show is like so famous for not being rick flair versus hogan yeah what, like what could have been right but we have to accept this is what happened so right and enjoy if, for what it is and you did get this savage flair rivalry which is real personal and um memorable even after right. all these years and if you and if you look at the um vhs cover for it which i actually have the vhs over here um in my collection that's one of the most epic vhs covers they've ever done it's just it looks like this giant I mean, it's it's like it's so colorful 
it just screams, hey, watch the show now. Yeah, it's very early 90s, too. It is. The, it's very neat. The, the neon colors. Neon, yeah, so many colors. And you've got four guys on the on the cover just, you know, snarling at each other. And it's just it's just epic. Is it the best show okay. ever? Is it the best mania ever? No. But is it? Is it something that I remember? You know, it's definitely changing the guard. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Yes. Nice. Um, something to just go back and check out. So I went a similar era for my number one. And I couldn't pick one. I, I just went broader. And I said late 80s, early 90s WCW pay-per-views. So when okay. the, the WW network was not on Peacock, it was easily accessible you could move around much easier right i would just pull up an old wcw show whenever i just felt like i needed to watch something mm-hmm. um, and i think in part it's because it takes me back to my childhood like in like 91 i was 10 years old which is a peak mm-hmm. full fandom loving all these wrestlers and, and so invested and you have guys like dustin rose Cactus Jack, the Steiners, Doom, some, some of my like all-time favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, and that era is like very much what I what I love. Like the, the production, the matches, the storytelling. In some ways, that's like my one of my ideal t- types of wrestling. Um, and they also had a lot of cool, like thematic ones. The Battle Bowl and Halloween Havoc, like you mentioned earlier, I, I would, as a kid, I was like really into those, even though they kind of always disappointed me. But whatever the thing spun on, right? I still was like, oh my god, it's going to be amazing. Then it's like coal miners glove match. Like, oh, it's like, okay. oh, wait, what's that? <laughs> but I just, it just takes me back to being a pure fan and not a critic and not. Um, right you know like whatever smart mark or whatever we are now just loving it for what it is mm-hmm. it's yeah and that's just like a fun era of wcw uh, is like 91 is 90 wcw the best no but is it fun did they have some really cool matches yes i mean for me the thing that sticks out in that era is you know sting winning the world title for mcflair um Let's see what else the Midnight Express Southern Boys match from you know both of those were from Great American mm. Match 1990. Uh, let's see Halloween Havoc 90. I I remember the the yellow ring or not the yellow ring the orange ring rather from Halloween Havoc 90. Yeah, they had like the orange mat and then they had the red ropes with black tape on them. Or it could have been the other way around. I don't remember exactly. But the shows uh, felt different, and the shows yeah. Felt- that's that's the like yeah, the beach the, the Halloween like it, it's a different experience every time, right? And Starcade always had some sort of different you know theme to it. Like I think eighty nine was the um, Iron Man and Iron Team tournament. If you've ever seen that, so it's like a round robin yeah. tournament, two round robin tournaments ongoing throughout the show. Ninety Not was this, you know? yeah ninety was this tag team tournament. Um, like this, in, this international tag team tournament, which I think was the first appearance of Conan on WCW pay-per-view. And then 91 was Battle Bowl, 
like the first battle one of the first battle mm-hmm. bowls they did on pay-per-view mm-hmm. so each starcade had a theme during the whole time but yeah it's that's something i kind of turned to as well um you know like i mentioned 91 halloween havoc it's just it's just kind of a fun era of wcw i think it's one that doesn't get a lot of love honestly yeah i think you know a lot of people think of um late 90s wcw and nwo but really like i i kind of tuned out at that time i see that wasn't was as into that i liked that old that switch when it when it was nwa shifting into wcw um that's my wheelhouse i just i hear jim ross's voice mm-hmm. you know i see the the I see the way the ring looks then it's just it takes me back and like so I just love that era so something i probably should have put on this list as like an honorable mention so i guess i'll go ahead and throw it in, throw it in that category okay uh, wrestle war 92 now that oh we're yeah talking about that area the the war games match that's the best war games match i ever did and people can or they wcw ever did and people can fight me on that if they want <laughs> um <laughs> And that's also got the Steiners against um, Fujinami and uh, Takeyuki Izuki. I think that's how you say his name. Uh, and that's just an absolute barn burner of a match. Yeah, the Steiners, uh, like, I've done some research recently, going back and looking back at some of their work. And I realized, like, how high they rank on my favorite teams of all time. They're- yeah. They're so rugged and just throw people yeah. on their heads. And it's just, it's a chaos all the time. It is. Like, what am I watching? Exactly. And then the, another thing on that show, on that Wrestle War show that, that is really over, really does not get a lot of love is Brian Pillman against Tom Zink for the light heavyweight title. Mm, mm-hmm. That's one of the best, that's one of the best light heavyweight title matches they ever did. Yeah. Early Pillman is awesome. Yeah. Before the injury. I mean, after I, the injury, he reinvented himself. That's a whole different thing. Right. But when he was at his athletic peak, it was some special stuff. Agreed. So, but yeah, no, I, I, I am in agreement with you with like late 80s, early 90s WCW. It, it, it doesn't get a lot of love and it, and it really should. So that's kind of where our lists cross over because you have yeah. the 91 or uh, Chamber of Horrors. Yeah, which would fit into that that era. I went very wide there. Let's go yeah. go back and look at the list here. Adam went with the '92 Rumble, the Chamber of Horrors '91, Roddy Piper Halloween Sketch, Mike Awesome versus Tanaka, and WrestleMania Eight. Mm-hmm. A lot of '90s. Yeah, the, yeah. The '90s is like my favorite time in wrestling. Mm. So You're not alone. Yeah, it's a lot of folks feel that way. Yeah, I mean, I could go back and watch stuff from you know Attitude Era or the 2000s if I wanted, but it's anytime I want to go back and watch old stuff, I always tend to gravitate tend to gravitate to the 90s. And then let's see if I went 90s. I'm trying to. We got Joshi and hip hop. That's modern. Mm-hmm. Eddie Kingston. That's the last 10 years or so. Banks versus Bailey. Quite recent. Big Egg was was. The 90s, WCW 90s. So touch of 90s there, but some some new stuff too. Yeah. A mix of new and old. For sure. We have quite a quite a mix here. Some shows, matches, sketches, promos, like the whole the whole gamut. 
Oh yeah, I great variety on these lists, honestly. Mm, makes you want to just go back and <laughs> make a day watch all of them. Yeah, I know, right? Makes me want to go back and like fire up WrestleMania eight tonight. Okay, we could we could very well do that. Um, let me see. Do you have any plugs? Um, to give us here. So you know you can follow me on Twitter at writeradam eighty four. Um, also, as Ryan mentioned, you know I've got the Monster Box cards uh, Twitter account at Monster Box cards. I'm working on getting that up and running, so that's gonna be like my spring project. Dig some stuff out of the garage. Talk about some you know old memorabilia and things like that on there. So that can be sports cards and sports entertainment slash wrestling. Yeah, it could be sports cards. It could be ticket stubs. I've got in my collection mm. so um programs like you know i've got some old baseball programs in my garage somewhere so it's whatever i can dig out and kind of have fun with talking about with excellent um i've posted a few new things on or there's a few new things that went up for me on the site um there was the royal rumble edition of the wacky wrestling vhs boxes that was really fun to write um and then before that was my wrestling observer hall of fame ballot Oh, yeah, yeah. I recommend checking that out because you go detailed into all these candidates and what you know of them and, and where you think they should go. It's an interesting topic. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryan Dilbert. Follow the site WrestleIn at WrestleIN. And if you like what you heard, subscribe and rate. WrestleIn Podcast also includes Noob Japan with Kieran. It's all about educating folks on a particular Japanese wrestler and our new addition to the family ocean cyclone show with myself, Scott and Trent. It's essentially a celebration of Joe Gina's just gushing about what we're watching and what we're excited about. Um, thanks again okay. for coming on, Adam. This is um, time number two and you're welcome any, anytime. I appreciate that. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to that ocean cyclone show. That should be really fun to listen to. Excellent. Yeah, and it should uh, get better and better, just like this one. Um, Thanks for listening, folks. Until next time.